All right, we're live. Welcome, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to the Third Rail. First, I would like to thank our last guest, who was uh, Kanish Visa, a successful businessman from Houston, Texas. We had a good conversation about everything under the sun. But the good news today, I have a new guest. And I don't want to botch her name. I think her name is Tina Fomo. Fomo? I pronounced it right. Uh, pretty, welcome. It's pretty, welcome. Pretty, welcome. pretty close. Yeah. yeah it's Tina, Tina Fumo. Yeah. It's Italian. Oh, oh, Italia. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Omar. Thanks for having me. I'm glad. Okay. Um, my first question, usually to my guests, is who are you as a person? Who is Tina uh, Fumo as a, a human being or as a person? Without as a, yeah. Well, geez. Sum it up, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, I guess I've always considered myself to be a nice person and, you know, my parents raised me to be a good girl. <laughs> my background's yeah. Italian, so both my parents are are from Italy, but I was born in Canada in a small town north of Toronto. And, um, yeah, I went to Catholic school when I was growing up, of course, being Italian and mom... Took us to church every week, and you know, Dad would come Christmas and Easter kind of thing, and uh, he he wasn't as devoted as my mom was, and uh, yeah, Catholic school and a good high school, and I went on to university in Toronto, and then when I graduated, I moved out west and moved. I uh, lived a, a big part of my life in a small town called Banff, Alberta. And it's a mountain resort community. And yeah, that's where my daughter was born and raised. And she, when she uh, graduated from high school, uh, she right. moved to the neighboring province of uh, British Columbia. Right. And then she had a baby. And that's, um, that's kind of the segue into my book, yeah. which, which is Fancy Prison. Yeah, which is a book yeah. I wrote. First, uh, let me put your book on, on the screen. So in the beginning, so people will get to see it before we go into it. Okay, this is her book. It's called yep. Fantasy Prison. Uh, you could get it on Amazon. I ha- I got it on Amazon. Uh, what's that? Kindle? I wish they had an Audible. They didn't have it in Audible. So, but it's a good book. You could read it. I didn't read all of it yet, but I, I got a good idea what it is. So go buy it, and you'll learn of her struggle to bring her granddaughter back. Then we're going to go into the show. Wait, let me go back to get us back yeah. there. All right, we got it out of the way. The, the thing. Right. Okay, uh, uh, Tina. Um, why the name uh, pris- uh, "Fancy Prison"? Why did you name Fa- the book? Fancy Prison. Oh, okay. So you say you started to read the book, and oh, yeah. I explain that. I think it comes up in chapter two or chapter three. I, so- I, I know. What, I know what it is because the place where you live in. I want the, the people to know. Oh, yes, of course. So it was a name that my uh, daughter came up with because of the ordeal that we went through um, was so stressful. And part of it was we had to um, we had to sort of sign court orders uh, with regards to the custody of my grandchild. One of those court orders was a TCO, which is a temporary custody order which is what I took. I took temporary custody of my granddaughter, which was fine. And then the other one was a supervision order where I would supervise my daughter with her, with her newborn baby, which again was fine. It wasn't fun for my daughter. That's for sure. But that's why she started to call the residents where we live 
fancy prison because for her it still felt like prison even though it was a very very nice place and even though we were serving out these uh originally there were three month uh, tco and supervision orders um but of course as we you know when those supervision orders expired then the social workers still just try to add more and more time on it just just to drag it out but uh yeah again that's kind of the story okay. of fancy prison, yeah. Okay, I want to start from the beginning. I know in the book he started a friend of yours. I think her name is Susan Coles. So you got to hurry up because time is of the essence. And the whole idea is that your baby, your, your daughter had a baby, right? It's in a far city than you are. And all of a sudden that child services confiscate the baby. Is that a good word? They take the baby away from her. Is that what it is? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's all of a sudden. I think when they get a phone call, and somebody somebody calls and says something about somebody that who is a parent and uh, you know i mean i have a lot of issues with that alone how vague that is but we won't yeah. get into that in that show because then i definitely will be ranting <laughs> for an hour but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, okay. so but their job is to investigate that complaint to find out if there's grounds for it um if the child is in danger and and to start to work with the family in the best interest of the child. And I saw none of that. I saw no objectivity. Uh, they certainly didn't work with us. They certainly didn't work with me. So generally they have, when they get that phone call, they generally have about 30 days to investigate the complaint. Oh. And then... The baby was born. Now, once the baby um, is born, it sort of sets up a whole other systematic procedure on how involved they can get. And in Canada, this is being disputed a lot, as well it should, that there is some insidious thing called birth alerts. That yeah. a parent, when they go to the hospital, they have this birth alert on them, and the hospital staff will contact CPS, and the baby is taken automatically, like, like okay. right, right after birth. Yeah. How, how old was the baby when they first took her? Was it still at the hospital, she, or the baby was already no, home? She was. They wanted to take her at the hospital. Right. And Suzanne was uh, had been invited by my daughter to be there in a right. doula capacity. Yeah, And Suzanne could kind of hear them whispering in the corner. And then she realized what they were talking about. And okay. she very loudly said, you can't do that. Because she knows what the Child and Family Services Act is and that they have to get a court order. In order to take a baby legally, they have to get a court order. So, again, I don't want to get into how insidious yeah, yeah. these birth alerts are. But they, they are – they they. They need to be challenged in court, and they are starting to get challenged in court, as well they should. Yeah, They are an absolute violation of someone's privacy and their health records and government exchanging information with other uh, departments in the government without the parents' knowledge. Yeah. Okay, you see, there's a law in New York here. Um, when you have a baby, they test the baby for any, uh, any narcotics and drugs. If they find the baby's taken right away and the mother's mm -hmm. arrested, they arrest the mother actually here. Oh, so you, oh yeah. And they, no. and they arrest her. But the, yeah. it's very hard because the, yeah. the problem is, what I'm trying to say is that um, 
I mean, uh, governments don't don't just do that. There must have been something there, there. I mean, uh, or um, don't they test? You got tests for drugs and stuff like that. There's a way to 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 isolate any even somebody lies on it. You understand what I'm trying to say here? Um. Well, I. I'm going to challenge you. I don't quite understand what you're trying to say, but I will challenge you. And I hope my book does, does challenge people who automatically assume that because child protection is involved, that they have the re Oh, they must have the reasons for taking the baby. No, they don't always. So I can only really talk about our case, Omar. And in our case, so you're talking about this drug. So this drug allegation, the with us, they weren't very clear what the original complaint was. So they, what they did was they coerced a signature from my daughter to get into her medical records in her her last trimester of pregnancy. Doctors, and we guess, but doctors routinely take urine tests to test for pH, and they got a hold of those tests and then tested for. Um, crack or meth or whatever it was yeah, yeah. like hard drugs whatever it was that they were accusing my daughter of taking and okay. the test came back clean Negative. after the baby yeah after the baby was born they took yeah. a sample of the umbilical cord right and the same thing they were sent out to the test the test came back clean like my daughter and plus my daughter is telling them that right. I, I I don't use math. I never have. I never will. Like I yeah. like I don't understand what you're looking for. And so when I got there, the so that was the first. I think uh, what you originally said at the beginning of the podcast here. Yeah. I basically dropped my life, life jumped in the car, and drove to the small town in uh, British Columbia where my granddaughter was born, at the request of our friend Suzanne because she said that there's more good than bad going on right now, Tina, but they are only focusing on the bad. You need to get here now. It is a lot better to try to prevent the baby from going into foster care than to try to get the baby out of the system if she's if she is put into the system. Yeah. My question it, is, did they take the baby at the hospital or he's already, no, oh, she was already They tried. Yeah, no, they tried and Suzanne stopped them. But it was only a temper. It was only temporary because they kept looking for reasons. So, yeah. So to answer the question, first they tested the urine, came back clean. Then they tested the umbilical cord, came back clean. By then, Suzanne had warned me, like, this is where I see this going. So you need to get here now, which I did. I dropped my life and was there two days later. When I arrived there, again, there was a lot of confusion. I was not getting any straight answers. But when I arrived there, the social workers were saying, well, we've taken a sample of the placenta, and that's being sent out for testing. Again, looking for evidence of hard drug use even though the urine tests have come back clean the umbilical cord has come back clean like how invasive are they allowed to be into a person's body and the only reason why i think they said that was to plant seeds of doubt in me so that they could sort of set up a situation where I would get angry with my daughter and turn on her in front of them. And then they could go, aha, see, you're not a stable grandmother. And that didn't happen. So like, it just, I know it's, I know it's hard for people if they, if they're ever unfortunate enough to find themselves in this situation. And if 
they're feeling that sense of confusion that we felt like what like I haven't done anything wrong what is going on here like why are they treating us like this right it's really important to stay calm and it's the hardest thing to do but it is by far the you'll get better results I think if you can kind of throw them off and just remain as calm as possible yeah so uh, um did you hire a lawyer when you got there She, my daughter qualified because she was a single mom. She right. qualified for uh, what's right. called legal aid. Yeah. And yes. Yeah, so we had, we lucked out with the lawyer. He was, he was very good. Yeah. He was a good representative for us. And so we yeah. were ready when problem, during that. The problem, the problem I'm having right now, I understand your grandmother and mm -hmm. the love You know, if you, the, the, the grandmother loved the, the children better than the mom, the grandkids. I see my mom, how she treats mm -hmm. that grandkids. Everything. Yeah, well, we just love, we love them differently. I wouldn't say better, but we love them differently. Oh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, a special, it's a special relationship. Okay, I just want to get back to that. So on what grounds did they do that? That's like a, everything was clean. Uh, they took all these tests. I never heard of all these tests. They only they only usually take a blood test here in the United States, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they, it was evasive. Everything came back uh, uh, negative. So... It's a very good question. Very good question, Omar. Yep. Yeah. I have. Yep. Because one of their, and you haven't gotten there again in the conclusion of my book, but there are, um, there are a few of their policies in the child welfare act that I call BS on. And, yeah. uh, one, well, one of them is that they have to work, they work with families. Yeah. I, saw no evidence of that absolutely none if anything i saw the opposite that they were very antagonistic and tried to create problems where none existed and yeah. the other one is how they take the child only as the last resort <laughs> again right. like to me it seemed like that was the first thing they did and then they assess the damage they do Yeah. causing intentionally causing that trauma and then they build their case on your shattered life because that's basically what happens is you're just so traumatized when they take the child yeah i'm, I'm gonna ask you some personal question if it's okay with you because it's a podcast mm -hmm. you don't have to answer anything i'm not a detective mm -hmm. or no that's that's fine yeah does your daughter has a criminal past or does she have has she did drugs before that i mean they could go no, back she, and say, oh, she did I, drugs I, she did recreational drugs but she didn't do She didn't Hard. do hardcore drugs. Anyway, and, yeah, weed is illegal, so it doesn't matter in Canada. So, I mean, did they have well, a past, a criminal yeah, past? Was she I associated? Thought, with, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was there any association with, with bad people or anything that, oh. that gave uh, Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. She lived in a small town, so everyone yeah. kind of knew everybody. So, yes, for sure. Like, she knew people who were, they were bad news. And... She and she knew people who used meth. And I guess that's why the original complaint came was that they just assumed because she was hanging out with these people that right, she yeah. was doing it herself. And it's like, well, you know, last time I checked, people do have a choice. You can say no. Like if you're, you know, just because you know someone who takes meth doesn't mean you do as well. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, Omar. Like as yeah. a mother. I definitely don't, I didn't like the situation she was in, but I right. was going there to help her with that situation because yeah. I knew she was not in the right place. And she had just given birth to a baby girl 
So she needed a fresh start. She needed to change her situation because she would not have done well if she had remained in, in that town. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Um, what's the step? Is, is Canada, we have a crisis here in the United States. We have an opiate and meth crisis in rural area. Mm-hmm. It's killing a lot of kids. Last year we lost 100,000 young American between the age of 17 and 35. Do you have the same problem in Canada? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or? It's not just... It's not just rural; it's everywhere. Like it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's so you, you have the same issue you have in the United States, then, yeah. right? Oh yeah, right. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I'll give you a story. Uh, I, I used to work in a smoke shop a long time ago, you know, where they sell cigars. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't smoke, but people used to come in. They used to smoke cigar then; it was allowed. So I used to inhale the 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 the, the, the tobacco because that's all I sold all day. I was a, I was a counter mm-hmm. person, like a cigar bar, you know. You know, yeah. big, you know, the, you know. yeah. So I went to get life insurance. So they, they test you for everything. They asked me oh. if I smoke. They asked me if you smoke. I said, no, I, I don't smoke. But the issue is it came up in my blood because I was yeah. inhaling the, the yeah. tobacco. What I'm trying to say here, maybe your daughter was around this stuff. I don't I don't know what mess is. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe it has a smell to it. Maybe she got into a system by accident or by being around these bad people. And they found a little bit of it inside a her test. You know, you know what I'm trying to get out of here. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's directly you become in trouble without being really the person who should be in trouble. Uh, well, um, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying, uh, yeah. Omar. But everything yeah. in their policies with yeah. the Child and Family Act addresses challenges that parents go through and so for example in bc that ministry is called child and family development development okay parenting is a skill that can be learned so if a parent is in that bad situation which again my daughter like as far as i'm concerned she just needed better housing she needed a better place to live and that's a quick that's an easy fix you move right like you just you know, you set your priorities, your priorities are your baby and you move, but they just prevented that from happening because of what they did. So when you have a baby and these ministries that are supposed to help families that are perhaps going through a challenge, if that isn't the biggest motivation to help them uh, develop parenting skills and help them have a, a better and healthier life, I don't know what is. That is probably the best motivation because having a child makes you want to become a better better parent and a better person. So they eventually took the baby, right? The, the, the baby girl, they, they, they eventually took her, the, the, the state, right? How long was she taken away yeah. to foster family? Yeah, she was in foster care for 27 days. Yeah, she was taken. Wow. They tried at the hospital. Suzanne was there. <laughs> And then yeah. I arrived, and then they took her two days later. So she was two weeks old when yeah. she was taken from me and put into foster care. And right. it turned out that the foster family, they were very nice people. But I didn't know that at the time. And, Omar, I like I can't even begin to explain my level of confusion because I hadn't done anything wrong. There was no complaint against me and their policies state that children automatically go to next of kin. I have no criminal record, no drugs, no alcohol, nothing. I'm, I'm a university educated person. There was absolutely no reason for them to have taken my grandchild from me 
and put her into foster care. And whatever issues they had with my daughter, they were manageable, but they just, they were just like Suzanne said, they were only focusing on the bad. And I'm sorry, if you're only going to focus on somebody's weaknesses and the bad things that they've done in their past, like nobody's going to be a good enough parent. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, if you're not going to allow people the chance to develop and grow and learn parenting skills that, like yeah. we're, then we're then we're all like <laughs> we're all doomed, you know. Where uh, they did the opposite. You are guilty before you are found innocent. Instead of yes. being innocent, you found yeah. guilty. They, yeah. The problem yeah. with these, the problem with these uh, institution is they're trying to protect their ass. You understand? Yeah. So they become yeah. they become too aggressive. Yeah. They, a lot of tragedies have happened. We could agree on that. A lot of tragedies when they don't when there's bad oversight and children do die. In uh, mm-hmm. foster homes or become abused, or even their own uh, homes, even their own parents are, are not really fit to be mothers. Like I told you here, we had the crack mm-hmm. epidemic here in New York a long time ago. We had a lot of mm-hmm. crack babies, and mm-hmm. those crack babies were a problem because they, they were they were uh, so addicted to cocaine that it took them a long. It was like a human being; they had to really wean them off the cocaine. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying. Sometimes they overreact. Government does overreact. They, oh, we gotta protect our ass. Let's not get this one wrong. Even in yeah. the, when they, and they, even when they're doing it, they're really messing up the situation more than they're really fixing it. You yeah, my right? yeah my my issue with that though is that well, first of all, there's two issues I have with that. First of all, government they can't seem to make admit when they make a mistake. Once no. they get that machinery going. And like in our case, once they took the baby, then they had to spend a considerable amount of time and resources at my expense to help my grand and my uh, granddaughter and my daughter to to co- basically cover their butts because they should have never taken that um, child in the first place. She should have gone automatically to me, automatically. Like that's in the policy. And the other issue that I have is that our court system is rigged against parents. Like parents, they're not given a fair fight. They are usually intentionally chosen because they're poor or they don't have education or the social workers know that like they're too intimidated. They won't, they don't have the courage or the wherewithal to go and lawyer up and fight in court, you know, and, and we were none of that. Like they just didn't realize that they just didn't realize that my daughter had support. I had some resources, not a lot. It was a little bit of money that I had saved up and then it disappeared in the matter of months, but you know, it it was worth the fight because I can always make more money. I can't replace. uh, I know you're, 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 you're retired, right? You're not, you're not working. Oh, no, I, no, I'm still, no, I'm still working. Oh, I'm, okay. not reti- I'm, I'm not retired. I think they've even upped the age here in Canada up to, yeah. I still have a few more. I think I have 10 more years to go now because they just, ah, they just yeah. upped the age in Canada now to 67. So yeah, I, I still have to work. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to guess your age. What I'm saying, I'm trying to find out the financial cost. Was it heavy on you? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Because I couldn't, because the way that the uh, TCO and the supervision orders worked was that I basically would not let that baby out of my sight. And I think, again, like that's where they were thinking that we would make a mistake because they thought, oh, well, she's, Grammy's got to go back to work at some point. So then she's going to leave her daughter alone with the baby and then yeah. we can reapprehend the baby and then aha you know and then it's back to square one aha see she's a danger you know and it's just it like the title of my book is fancy prison calling b 
ass. Can I swear in this podcast? Because that's how uh, I do whatever, it out. You can like, do, do, do whatever you want. Calling bullshit on the child welfare industry because <laughs> it was so frustrating. Like it was just beyond frustrating having to deal with them. Yeah. What and it was, was all, yeah. What was the emotional cost? The um oh wow, no one's ever asked me that. Okay. Um the emotional cost or the financial cost? The emotional cost. It must have cost. Oh, the, oh head, sorry. You know. I'm sorry. I'm thinking in my head dollars and cents. Yeah. No, like, no, no. I, 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 yeah. You, know, you were under a lot of duress. You, you, your grandkids yeah. being actually kidnapped. I mean, you could say yeah. kidnapped yeah. Yeah. before your eyes. And your daughter is being blacklisted as some drug addict and she's not. And you're coming yeah. from a different uh, faraway province to try to save your granddaughter and your daughter. It must have cost money to travel. It to did. Yeah. It did. It I think at one point, I think I was paying for three places. I was yeah. paying for the hotel that we were having to stay in while yeah. we kept going back to court to get these temporary orders so we could physically get our grandbaby, my grandbaby back. Yeah. Uh, I had to pay my share on the mortgage here because my husband and I, you know, we have our condo here. But then yeah. when I did get them out of the province, uh, we had to find a different place to live because our building here uh, doesn't allow children and the TCO this the court orders were three months so we, it was too long to live in our condo and it would have been too crowded anyway we only have a two-bedroom um, apartment it would have been too stressful for my husband and me to have you know her my daughter and her baby uh, right. living here so at one point I was p paying for three places because uh, of just the way that they you know wanted to uh, control the narrative and make everything sort of fit into their little ticky boxes and their systematic routine of apprehending babies, you know? Yeah. So, in, uh, okay, go ahead. You want to come? Go ahead. You want to elaborate? Well, no, no, I was going to, I was going to sum it up, but no, ask your question because I'm, no, I'm sure. I, I want to go to the legal issue. So you had to go to court eventually. How many times did you have to go to court? And when you went the first time, what was the burden of proof on you that you have to prove to the court that you were right? What did you have to prove? The court was, again, that's why I say I have such a big issue with the courts. Right. Because at no point were we allowed to present any evidence for us. That would have had to wait for a trial. Yeah. And most people give up. 95% of the people give up because they keep dragging it out. And out and out and out. And eventually, like my husband wasn't there when they took Bianca. Uh, that's not a real name, I call, but I call my grandbaby Bianca in the book. Okay. He wasn't there when they first took Bianca. But when I managed to get my baby girls out of that province back yeah. to my city where I, you know, I have my husband, so I have my support system. But we had yeah. to live in a separate place. Yeah. But my husband saw her a lot and he fell in love with her. Like he just, so when we oh, went back to court for that last time, my husband was 100% on board and yeah. that started to be his big issue is that they like, wait a second, they keep perpetuating these yeah. orders, but they don't have any proof for it. All they're doing is just changing the reason on paper and then applying to the court to have it extended. Right. And yeah. It's 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 very very one sided. So I, I mean, if I had more of a legal background, I could get into the um, uh, you know, nitty gritty of it. But there was we did actually in my book, 
yeah. in chapter four, I think it's called humans, AKA lab rats. I did have a lawyer who looked at our case and then just sort of went through some of the principles involved here from a legal um, standpoint and how there, the burden of proof um, yeah. versus the Canadian charter of human rights right. and freedoms that, yeah, they just go on and explain that a little bit more because there's, it's definitely an issue. Like the, the way that you're treated and, yeah. and um, yeah. So I, I mean, I speculate as best as I can in the book, but it's a big issue. I know it is, but what I'm trying to mm -hmm. say is that when you got to court, now your daughter, they took all these tests, they were all negative. So your daughter is in the clear and they still try to take her baby away. But see, that's what I'm trying to tell you, Omar. We never, the, lawyer, the lawyer, what did the lawyer tell them? They go, they just go by procedure. We were never able to show anything oh. uh, because that wouldn't have come up until trial. And that would have right. been like, you have to book a trial months in, in advance. Like again, my book is called like, it's BS. It's just so ridiculous what they get away with, you know? And I just, I mean, I'm in, I'm in a position now where we won. We got our baby back after 27 days, but they still continued with their bureaucratic warfare. And it cost me a heck of a lot of money to keep fighting these applications because they kept just wanting to drag it out, drag it out, drag it out. And then finally, it took uh, just shy of Bianca's first birthday that's finally when they closed the file. But it was me. Like, we just had to keep forcing the issue. It's like, no, you're not getting this baby. I'm sorry. You don't have any proof. We don't understand what's going on, but you're not getting this baby, okay? Like, like what are you people doing? You don't know what you're doing, and you don't know what you're talking about. Like, it was just really confusing. How many times you were in front of the judge? Was it one time, two times? No. Oh, no. It was uh, two, three, three times. Yeah. And I yeah. think... Four or four times. I I can't. Uh, I don't know. It's such a blur. Four times, I think. But I only spoke to him once. Yeah, and one sentence. Yeah, that was that was that's, it. That's what I was gonna say. Did you get up there? Did they let you talk? What did you say to the judge? They don't. Let Nothing. You. Nothing. Oh, this is no good. Yeah, it's just, it, it. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, uh, it's it's very systematic how yeah. they go about doing this, and in the end. It's about money because when they can, and in my book, I, I do call this because it's like all the word, all they keep doing is moving the child from point A to point B. So first you take it from the parents and then they, and then if the parents don't get their children back, if they're stuck in this horrible, confusing, frustrating rut that we found ourselves in, if they can't get out of that rut, then the child right. just bounces around from foster care to foster care. So I don't, you know, I do not have pleasant words at all for the system because it's supposed to help people who need help, you know. Well, the system deals with paperwork. So whoever wrote mm -hmm. the first report, that must have been a damning report. So they... they they're going to go by, they, they don't deal with human beings. Like, you know, the way I talk to you, I can get a good feel of you. You are a nice person. I can, you understand? Mm -hmm. we, we can get somewhere because we're talking to each other. The issue mm -hmm. here, they deal with paperwork. They do, they, they, you know, type work and they don't see the human side to it. No. Uh, everybody, everybody's a criminal until they prove themselves innocent. We can't give this baby away. He might die or something happened. Then we're going to lose our jobs. 
this is the way the government sees things. They see it through their, uh, everybody's protecting their ass. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't have the jobs in the first place because, yeah. because I'm seeing substandard um, care, you know, of children. Do you know how many yeah. children are dying in foster care? I don't know. Like, like nobody knows because again, they keep it very fragmented so that nobody gets a, a, a very good idea of the picture, but this little baby on the cover of my book here. So I'm just going to yeah. show you yeah. that little yeah. baby was a perfectly healthy four month old baby. Yeah. She just had her, her four month old uh, checkup with the doctor and had her vaccine shots and, you know, for polio and rubella, all, the, all those um, shots. Yeah, that yeah. Parents, yeah. parents give yeah. their babies because they don't want them to get sick and die. Obviously yeah. four months old and healthy baby girl weighing 19 pounds and then one thing so again like i I go into a little bit of uh, detail in my book but uh, she so social workers show up basically at the doorstep did not even know that this baby existed okay so the call was not about jamie it was about her roommate they took her jamie's four-month-old baby from her yeah put her into foster care and six days later, this baby was dead. She died in foster care. Nobody has ever been held accountable. Those social workers have never been held accountable for taking that child for whatever reason. And that foster parent or thing or whatever, she has never been held accountable for that baby dying in her care. Because when I was uh, uh, getting ready for your interview, you know, I, I, I didn't, Take a deep dive, but uh, I want to find out about our system in the United States. We have 400,000 children in foster care, and these are young kids. Once they pass the age of five or seven, nobody wants to adopt them anymore because they're considered uh, uh, too big. You understand what I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. So we, we don't know how what the abuse, like you said, is, what the death rate is, what's going on, and, mm-hmm. you know, how many kids are dying and stuff like that. So I how, many, how many uh, are lost? How many are lost? They lost How many are lost? Yeah. You deal with a bureaucracy. It's all about, you know, yeah. uh, one letter is off, that's it. The kid is lost. So how many, is a lot of kids in Canada in, in foster care? Yeah, well, not 400,000 um, because yeah, you're, yeah. you're going yeah, by the... Yeah, country. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah. You're going yeah. by the states. I mean, yeah, in, yeah. Canada, in Canada, the high level of children in foster care, and, uh, you know, it's, again, fragmented... By each of the provinces, but it's in the tens of thousands. And then the issue in Canada, and I do touch on this a little bit in my book, I don't go into too much detail because I'm not Indigenous, but the issue in Canada is the high percentage of children in foster care who are uh, taken from Aboriginal homes, from their um, Native homes. And again, I'm not saying that, you know, every... like every child deserves to go home, you know, some of them perhaps yeah, yeah, yeah. like white, white or green or purple or whatever. Like some parents yeah. do not, you know, you touched on that earlier in your podcast. Some yeah. parents really do harm to their children, but in yeah. no shape, way, way, shape or form is it tens of thousands of parents with the number of children that are in, in uh, foster care and in no way, shape or form do these children die at their parents' har- uh, hands as they are dying in foster care? Because 
Again, if you have people who are in, we were lucky. The people who took care of our baby, they were very nice people. But yeah. a lot of people who do foster care, they're just in it for the money. So they don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you hear stories about they keep locks on the fridge. and. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, your issue is only 27 days. But once you have a kid for three or four years, then the abuse starts later on. You understand? Uh, and you were right there behind your child. You were looking every day. They they knew there was somebody behind that child trying to get it back. You understand? That's, yeah, that was yeah. that that was that, you. You hit the nail right on the head there, Omar. Omar, because we suspect what they were trying to do was because she was a beautiful, healthy yeah. newborn baby. They would have had a family easily, like a doctor, like that. But because yeah. we were being royal pains in the butt, we're like. No, we 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 want to see our baby. Like we were just pursuing every single visit that we could get, and we were maintaining uh, visits. And we didn't care if they were supervised or not. We wanted to see that baby. We wanted to hold her, whatever. So you can supervise if you want. We're not doing anything wrong here. So, yeah. but but yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. We were just very relentless about keeping up with our visits, and then eventually they just. They just like I, I do think at some point, you know, you were saying how they don't deal with human beings. I think at some point they realized that there was just no way they were ever able. Go, they were going to be able to sell on paper to a judge what they were seeing in person because they got to know us and they got to see how uh, how tenacious we were about keeping up with the visits and working with them and doing, you know, whatever what meeting all the conditions that they wanted kind of thing. Um, so, but yeah, we were, we were as disruptive as we could within the parameters of the law, you know, because a lot, uh, like, and being disruptive outside of the parameters of the law, like going and smashing the social workers face in, no. uh, which is what you yeah. feel like doing, but you can't do yeah, it because you have to stay within the parameters of the law. Yeah. 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 I, I was going to ask you, I, I have an idea, but I, I, I want you to tell it. Uh, the baby's father was he involved? He and, he, and he died. He he died. Yeah, yeah. He died right away. But I think in the beginning. Uh, yeah. What yeah. was it like? But that's overdose. He yeah he was it was an overdose. He wasn't. They weren't. My daughter and him weren't together. Um, yeah. But they would have used that again um, yeah. to pit my daughter against him. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then I, 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 again, like on paper, they'll put like um, certain things in the safety plan or in these court orders, like, you know, she's not allowed to see him kind of thing and basically mandate her life. And it's like, well, it's a small town. Like if she's yeah. out strolling her baby and they happen to bump into the father, like, yeah, okay, yeah. is that a breach of the court document? So it's just, it's very rigged. Like it just, to me, it seemed like when I went back and read through all of this documentation, they just set her up to fail. And then it's a very systematic process after that. Like they're set her, set her up to fail, wait for her to make the mistake. And then they go, aha, see, we have a right to take the baby. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a right and we have the power to do it. And we don't care if you're a human being kind of thing. I, I was going to ask you, um, what finally uh, uh, convinced the, the course to to give you a child back? I mean, the evidence, I mean, how, how, how was the, you know, yeah, I think it was just the, our tenacity and the fact that we just didn't make a mistake at all. Right. Like we just we had Suzanne and Suzanne, um, she coached us every single step of the way. And and I'm going to say that again, because I don't know if 
listeners can understand that kind of support. But she was with us every single step of the way. When they did something that we would right away, we'd phone Suzanne. Okay, they did that. And then she would know. She had inside knowledge. Okay, this is what they're trying to do. So then, you know, they're trying to get you to go this way. But so then her advice was to go this way. And I'm sure they were sitting there scratching their heads, like trying to figure out how we knew what their next step was. But we didn't care. Like, it's like, you're not getting this child. So it was just month after month after month of of walking the straight and narrow and not making a single mistake that they could use against us and then when bianca was seven months old we went back to court finally and i think the answer to your question omar is kind of dumb luck because we ended up getting a judge who had some common sense and he saw the papers in front of him but then he looked at us and then he started to ask questions and i think that's all it took was just to apply some common sense and start asking some valid intelligent questions yeah do you have any legal uh, recourse to sue it's it's a lot easier said than done yeah It, it really is i wanted to um sue but then as a, and I touch on this a little bit again with that chapter about the lawyer, I think, or maybe some point in the book. I can't I, I can't I can't quite remember exactly what page it's on, but yeah. it's a lot easier. I mean, people are, oh, you should sue them. You should sue them. It's a lot easier said than done. It is very yeah. difficult to to sue the government because it's very difficult to find a lawyer. With the balls to help you out with this because a lot of lawyers just don't go up against the government they just don't yeah you can't win against yeah. the government the treasury is more money than theirs i was gonna ask you now where is the baby though and she's she's with her she's she's actually visiting me today right now there she's oh. uh in in the other room so i don't oh. want to bring i don't want to no, bring no, her no. on and no, she's not if yeah, you want to, yeah, you want to bring the babies, okay. I don't know. Yeah. She's always, not a baby anymore, Omar. Yeah. So if I yeah, I she's just in the other room, actually. I think she's upstairs, but you um, want to bring her? Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to know. I don't want to bring her on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want yeah. Oh, but I was yeah, I yeah. was gonna say she's not a baby anymore. She's five years old. She turns five, five this week. Yeah. <laughs> she's in school right now, right? In Canada. Yeah. Uh, she starts she starts in September. She starts kindergarten in oh. September. Yeah. Oh, you don't have you don't have pre-K like us, no. Um, it's been we do, but it's been really messed up because of the pandemic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh your, your daughter's with you in the same city. She got her yeah. life all together, right? And she's working and everything is a okay, I guess, right now, right? Yeah. No, everything everything was everything was fine. Yeah. The the battle that we dealt with was a paper war. It was a bureaucratic war. Yeah. Everything That's was fine. It. Everything was fine with my daughter. She's a normal, healthy mom yeah. who made mistakes and had the capacity to learn from her mistakes. It's as simple as that. She's a great mom. Her my grandchild is a lovely, smart. We call her little monka monka. She's just a smart little monkey. Oh, yeah, yeah she's just yeah, she's just, she's just she's just she was worth the fight. She really was. The 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 problem here, um, your daughter is lucky that she had a, a support system like you, some a fighter who they you know put our sleeves up. An Italian fight, you Italian. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> we were. 
we were Imagine lucky to have we were lucky to have Suzanne. Like I honestly don't know what we would have done without her because we were so blindsided by the system. Like just the the tactics that they used, I just yeah. had never experienced that before at all. But what does what does Suzanne do? I mean, she's had so much experience and she knows what's going on. She yeah, she just her. yeah she did she did a lot of. She did a lot of work in as a doula, like delivering babies. But then she also did like child child development. She was, so she did a lot of. Um, What's the word doula? What is that like? A, doula a, is a mid, midwife, I guess. Yeah. Midwife. Oh, okay, midwife. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you said that before, and I didn't catch on to it. So that's, yeah, yeah. Oh, the baby's born. They they have midwives. They attend the birth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. she had a she had an idea of things that have happened before, and she has some experience. Because when you're dealing with bureaucracy, yeah. you're really dealing with uh, um, uh, um, you're really dealing with um, pencil pushes, pen pushing. Mm-hmm. You're not dealing with human beings. I mean, they are human beings, but there's no faces involved. So mm-hmm. you're, you're you're already guilty in their eyes. And the person who writes the first report, that's the person who put the tag on you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very hard to get that tag off your back. You're lucky mm-hmm. you got 27 days. But you have people who lose their children for years. Because they don't have the support system that your daughter had, the mother, mm-hmm. mother, loving father. Or or they make a mistake that they can't take back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with the government, people think they're they they're your friends. Like when you get integrated by the police, mm-hmm. they they're not your friend. You no. gotta be careful because they're trying to get you to make a mistake or say something uh, offhand. Or talk or talk. Yeah. Or talk. Yeah. Or you yeah. talk too much. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's that. and that's what my daughter. That's what she did. That's yeah. that's her personality. But it got even worse when yeah. she was under a lot of stress. Was that yeah. she's very chatty. But then when they were sort of cornering her in right. her last month of pregnancy, and she was just talking, 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 talking until she incriminated herself. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then when I and, so, and like I said, the so all the social workers were doing was just looking for bad stuff on her focusing on the bad. And again, let's it's really one-sided and it's not fair. But when I arrived there, I think they were look expecting me to be the, the same. And I wasn't like, Oh, Grammy's not so chatty. (laughs) Grammy's like sitting there. I was like really confused. And like, why are you, what are you talking about? Like, I was just, yeah, I was not very chatty at all. And then when they, and at first I thought they were on our side, but then yeah. when they took the baby, I'm like, okay, wait a wait, wait, wait a second. This wasn't supposed yeah. to happen. I thought you're supposed to like work with families and like, what is going on? Like, it was just, I can't even really explain, you know, what, how traumatic it was and how confusing it was. Yeah. Uh, when did you? How did you get the idea to write the book? And when did you start it? Is it right away? Or- I no, I always wanted to write a book in my life. I think the the um, catalyst happened in kind of an unexpected way because in 2020, when everything shut down during COVID, I lost my job, like uh, everybody else, and I had time on my hands, so I participated in an online author challenge. Long story short, at the end of this author challenge, they gave away a grand prize, a publishing prize, and I won. (laughs) So, so it took, yeah, so I won. I I wasn't paying attention. Say that again. What happened? How did you, what did you do? What did you win? I just, I, I won a publishing prize. 
oh, you want to do a competition and you happen to be the person. It, yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was a competition. It was just a draw. And then uh, at the end of this, at the end of this author challenge, I won. And so that publishing prize, it was my first book. So it was kind of cool to yeah. or to be motivated it's like okay well i'm gonna write this book and i don't have to look for a publisher because i won this prize so i put yeah, all yeah. of my energy into writing this book and my husband was probably my you know first editor he'd always sort of read the first draft but because yeah, yeah. of this publishing prize yeah and yeah. the company that i worked with they yeah. uh they had their uh, lead editor and they had their uh, project manager and so i had all the and proofreader so i had you know three or yeah, four different yeah. people reading my book and editing it so yeah so they helped a lot with a lot of that that cuz the editing the editing was pretty tedious writing the book is one thing but then editing it gets to the point where you're almost sick of <laughs> okay i don't want to have to read this again but i kept yeah, yeah. doing it and doing it to try to try to make it the best book um, my first try, yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a writing background? No, no, just just read. Oh. I just read a lot. I've just read oh, like countless okay. countless books in my life. Yeah, no, but it's my first book, so no, I do, I never really, I never wrote as a job or anything like that. Yeah. Are, are you being invited to speak on events on such issues or not yet? Not yet. No, I uh, no, I. I do some advocacy work now, and I think that yeah. people, when they um, find out that I wrote a book, and then they get me on the phone, and then yeah. and very and I knew this would happen, so I'm not surprised by it at all because I know exactly how they feel. They are just so stressed and so distraught, and they don't know where to turn to. So they'll get me on the phone and just blah blah blah, blah you know, tell me their whole story about what's going on with CPS, yeah. expecting me to fix it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, you're like well first of all you need to calm down because i can't understand what you're saying at all and second of all i i, I can't fight for your kids like i have no legal rights here okay yeah, so yeah, just yeah. so please just slow down a little bit and and i can give you advice you know based on what what um i'm hearing you tell me but again in the end i like i can't you know i can't show up in court and stand with you because i'm not the parent here they're your kids you've got to fight for them so and and i'm telling you, you like if you don't fight for them nobody else will cuz nobody else has legal rights here they're trying to take away your legal rights so they're not going to they're not going to like an advocate like me stepping in there cuz they're going to dismiss me just like they dismissed me when i was the grandmother of the baby so they just they don't like being challenged and yeah. if they make a mistake, they sure as heck don't like anyone pointing it out to them because they want to bury the mistake rather than, you know, learn from it. So, yeah, I don't have I don't really have a lot of th good things to say about our government. OK, when did the book come out? How long ago? Uh, the ebook came out in September. Yeah. And the physical copy came out in November. Yeah. How is it? You doing OK? Is it doing all right? I mean, mm, No, no, not really. Uh -huh. No. It's a, it's a book I, it's a book I felt I needed to write, right. but I don't think it's a subject that people, they don't really understand it or they don't really want to deal with it unless it happens to them. So, unless, oh, it's a good, it's a yeah. good book if some organizations could donate it to mothers and stuff like that to people who find themselves yeah. in this situation. You yeah, understand? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because I got yeah. it. It was on Kindle, and Kindle, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, it's hard to read, your eyes hurt, and, you know, I like audibles usually, like if I'm working out or mm -hmm. something, 
I just listen, you know, the, 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 the whole time. Or even going mm -hmm. to sleep, listen, you know, the story. So I try to read as much as I can. Yeah. I, the, I, I say, people have said to me, yeah, to do Audible, but again, like, I, I put everything, all everything that I had, and I didn't have much left because every it cost me pretty much my life savings in 2017 oh, yeah. to fight for my grandbaby. Oh, okay. uh, I put everything kind of into just um, getting a little ex extra help on publishing this book, and I did not realize that okay, publishing is it publishing the book is one thing. Sales and distribution is quite another thing. So, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I don't have the experience with it. But so I, I, right. I looked you up. I see you promoting it all over the place. I saw you in a lot of podcasts, a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So you're working hard. You know, mm -hmm. you can push it one book at a time. I bought it, so that's good. You understand? Mm -hmm. So it's good. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm gonna share it with my daughters and something when I finish uh, reading it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, um, I think okay. all the I think all the podcasts I'm doing right now, I like to think of them as seeds. I'm planting seeds and then yeah. you know, when people get time and as we get back to normal again, when people are reading again, because uh, I yeah, have yeah. had friends say that, you know, I just yeah. Tina, I just don't have time to read anything right now. They're just trying to make ends meet, you know, with no work and, and dealing with the extra cost of food and everything. Yeah. Not, not only that, we, we have become addicted to instant gratification. You understand? Mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, for example, I used to love reading the, you know, like the New York Times because when they write, it's like almost a whole book. An article could be a thousand or two thousand oh. words. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. I, I get up and I say, why are you writing so much? Why did you get to the point? I don't have no time to read the whole thing. And, uh, to see how, how, you know, what? Yeah. What's yeah, the movie? I, I, yeah, what's the yeah. movie coming out? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 So things ended up good for you, right? Uh, it had a happy end, then we could say, right? Yeah, yeah, it did. Right. I mean, the book, the book, okay. I mean, uh, I'm very proud of the writing I did on the book, and I'm very proud that I wrote about something that perhaps people aren't ready to hear about, but it's somebody has to, st I'm, I'm an advocate for children who, who yeah. need their voices to be heard, and I'm very proud of of standing up for kids because they're worth it. Kids are worth it. You know, they're just, you know, they're just so, they're just, I, who doesn't love babies? They're just so beautiful. You know, they're just yeah, yeah, yeah. one of life's greatest yeah. magical times is when you have your, your babies and you're oh anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we'll come back and do you want to make a final statement or send a message? Uh, uh, no, no, Omar. I think you've you've asked. I think you've asked questions that you know. I think a lot of people when they hear about our story, they're pretty confused. They're like, "What? What? Yeah, yeah. What? What? They no, took the baby yeah, yeah. from you, and you didn't do yeah, yeah, anything yeah, wrong." Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just there are there probably are still lots of questions that I'll never get the answer to, just because they don't want to. Like they don't want to answer it. They just don't want to admit that. Um, they did anything wrong and that they screwed up big time. But yeah, I mean, it's just, Oh, someone's, someone's saying hi there. Yeah. Hey, 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 hi. How are you guys? We don't find, thank you guys for writing. That's one so, oh, do you, so uh, your listeners, hello. I guess, do they have any questions? Uh, I don't know. Mostly, this is coming from uh, Middle East, I believe it. I'm from the Middle East. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's okay. on your personal, and all your buddies are saying hi. They they might not. No, 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 no. we have a group. It's almost four hundred thousand the followers in this group. Uh, it's like oh, a, but a lot of them speak English, so these guys speak English, so they, you know they're learning as they hear what I'm saying and everything like that. Oh, but I'm okay. glad that, uh, 
uh, I don't know if they have any questions. They're just all saying hello. Hello to yeah. you all. Anyway, uh, Tina, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I know you, we, we we had a date for this for a whole month, so you thought I forgot. But I didn't. I didn't forget about you. No. And so no. I, I had written on, the, you know, on my schedule. Uh, I hope I, we we I ask you the right questions. You got your message through. I hope your book is successful, and I wish you and your grandfather. Well, if you if you've got four hundred thousand people, yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 even the ebook, it's a few yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, you got to get a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I really do appreciate you. I, I wish you luck. I wish your daughter. I don't know. We tell her we wish her a lot of luck, and just to live her life and let's raise her daughter and just you know. She's yeah. She, okay. She's doing. She's doing all that, and it's been five years, Omar. And yeah. it it like it would be nice at yeah. some point if she. Um, gets into a better relationship because in the yeah. past, you know, in her twenties, I didn't really like the guys that she was with, you know, oh, what parent, yeah. what parent does, but she's just grown so much. And so maybe she'll have a healthier relationship next time. And maybe she'll have another baby. So she's, yeah, that, that, you know, that, she's that, still the young. Thing, the best thing is you have a second chance. You see yeah. if, how you go wrong without really going wrong. So you yeah. got to try to be careful. I want to thank you yeah. very much. God bless you. God bless your daughter and your granddaughter. I want thank to thank you. you. I want yeah. to thank you. Very much. I enjoyed your conversation. I think you're a very lovely person. And, thank you. Uh, all right. Have a good night. Okay. Thank, yeah. Thanks for. Okay. Thank you. Ta take care. All right, guys. Here we had it. Uh, we had a nice interview and, and I enjoyed it. Okay. Until we meet next time with a different guest. Thank you. God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.